Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the one and only Anna Kelly. How you doing, Anna? I'm doing great. So our first two episodes of the day are areas you and I are strong, experience. Uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff. We are going to take a risk, and we're going to jump into an area where we are both clearly out of our depths, uh, <laughs> so we won't have a, you know, kind of detailed history or experience. But you and I look at the economy very well. Uh, we can anticipate dominoes falling, so that's, that's where we're going to be. But I think we need to talk about currencies. We have seen the strong dollar. We know what that is going to do to multinational companies who need to repatriate dollars back, you know, all of those things you and I know about earnings. But I actually want to talk about kind of the rest of the world, right? We've already seen Bank of Japan come in and support the yen. Uh, we've just seen Bank of England in a surprise move panic and pivot from QT to QE again, which is, I mean, come on. Uh, there's just lots of stuff going on. So uh, I, again, full disclosure, we are not currency experts. We are not pretending to be currency experts. We're looking at what's going on and and just trying to understand it. It's a wild environment, isn't it? It is crazy. And, you know, I, I just started really tracking currencies and looking at, you know, where where is the global economy? Because we are definitely intertwined in a global economy. What we do impacts the globe because we have the world reserve currency, one of them, the, the key, the primary but also what happens in other countries could impact us because investors who are global investors say, where do I put my money risk-free, right? Go back and listen to video number one, you know, country investors, institutional investors, we're all saying, where can we make money for the, the least amount of risk? And generally speaking, the U.S. has been the dominant, um, you know, economic uh, mecca of the world, essentially. And so, even foreign investors want to hold U.S. dollars. They want to invest in U.S. treasuries, right? And so as the globe becomes more and more intertwined, we import and export to each other constantly, right? Things we can all make in our own countries, much of it we still choose to you know, import from somewhere else. And so what happens globally really impacts um, our companies, our profits, uh, depending on the strength of the dollar compared to other countries. And so what happens with currencies in those countries can also have a huge impact on imports and exports and the profitability of US, US countries. So I'm learning a lot more about what's happening just in the last few months with the dollar becoming extremely strong, which is a bit surprising to many people, right? We thought the US economy is in trouble. We have mass debt, low GDP, mass inflation. You want to get out of the dollar and move to gold or silver, right? That's been the thinking. But what's happening is the US dollar is rising significantly. Well, why is that? It's because of the risk across the entire world of other economies, Japan, the Euro, 
China, a lot of people are surprised by that, uh, Germany, they're all really struggling financially, and we're kind of the best of the worst economy right now, right? And so the U.S. dollar being strengthened really shows that other countries are doing even worse than we are, if you're already worried about us, but it could lead to continued global challenges, um, especially as, as these economies grapple with inflation, just like we are. We've been the most aggressive to tackle it. Um, but other countries are starting to realize we've got to start raising rates as well. So it was very surprising that Bank of England came out and said, we're going to go back to QE when every you know major financial leader is saying that's a huge mistake. You need to be you know raising rates to fight inflation. Yeah. When I look at currencies, and again, do not pretend to be an expert, I do see some big dominoes that are relatively easy to call. One, emerging markets. Yes. Generally speaking, their debt is dollarized. It's not in local currencies. Right. That's going to be a problem. Yes. Probably a huge problem. And explain that. Explain that to the listeners why that is. Yeah. So let's just say uh, you're Sri Lanka, right? Which is uh, probably the most recent example for folks, and there'll be others. Uh, all of your emerging market debt is in dollars, not in this Sri Lankan, I'm not even sure what it is, bot or peso, or I, I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, and suddenly the dollar strengthens and your currency weakens. So, but you, everything you collect, the tax revenue, all of that is in your local currency, but you need more of it to pay back your debt, just to pay back the interest payment. And that, that really strangles an economy. Uh, and then, you know, more and more of your debt service goes to pay interest and you can't invest in the, you just can't invest in the country and it, it's just a real problem. Right. So, so that, that is going to grow in. I would argue uh, we're still at the in the first or maybe second inning of that. There are more surprises lurking. Um, number two, the violent moves in currencies over the last 10 days. Uh, I'm willing to bet there is at least one and maybe two or three huge blowups coming. Currency yeah. markets make the bond market and the bond market makes the stock market look small, right? You know, yeah. the stock market, you know, you know, just number wise, it's a hundred billion dollar market. The bond market's a trillion dollars. The currency market is 10 gazillion dollars. Right? It's it's the deepest yeah. of deep, deep markets. Mm -hmm. And when you know the British pound goes from I don't know 152 to 103, somebody's gonna blow up. Absolutely. We don't know who that is yet, but somebody's gonna it doesn't that currencies don't do that in 10 days, but right. it did. So there's right. gonna be pain there. Absolutely. Looking at the U.S. economy, um, there's it, it's kind of helpful and hurtful. First, if you are a public company and you sell stuff globally, not only do we have China and Europe and all these people likely in a recession, but when you sell something, you actually make less dollars. So earnings yes. per share are coming down. Uh, and what they pay more money for it because they're having to pay in U.S. dollars that are worth significantly more than what their currency is. So that exchange rate in itself is basically an inflation. It's an extra- We are exporting. Pay. Yeah, we're, we're exporting, exporting them. inflation. Where yes. it is slightly helpful uh, is if we are buying supplies or commodities from other countries, because again, their currencies are going down. So it's, it's helpful slightly, but it is going to be very impactful on the income statement uh, for right. companies. So those right. are things that are always easy for me to see. But given the violence in this movement, um, I think there's a big question out there. 
Uh, and we're going we're gonna to move to this because I think this is a game. I believe we have a game of chicken going on. I believe the market is testing Jerome Powell. And when I say Jerome Powell, I mean all 17 members. Sure. But mainly Jerome Powell because his name is going to be in the history books. Yes. I believe the market for 40 years have learned if they whine, cry, scream, get on the ground like a kid throwing a tantrum, that the Fed will pivot. Yes. Jerome Powell over the last 10 days or whatever since Jackson Hole has said, I'm not pivoting. We've already seen the Bank of England pivot and pivot quickly because just like four days ago, they're going to do QT. Now they're doing QE. That's a pivot. Don't get it twisted. Central right. bank pivot. I believe the market is setting up to massively punish Jerome Powell and, and be a kid screaming on the floor. And my suspicion sitting here right now is Jerome Powell is going to turn his back and let the kid cry and whine. Cause I think he's trying to get rid of the fed put. I could be wrong. That's my stance as of September 28th. Yeah. You know, the, I haven't thought about it being intentional just because a lot of these countries are truly struggling. I don't think they have the strength to just, you know, force Powell's oh. hand. No, they, um, those were, those were disconnected thoughts we have all yeah. these currency things happening, which are real and predictable, Yes, but I do believe wall street, the market, oh. there will be a moment over the next yes. 30 days where they try to go all in and just. They're going to be a kid on the ground throwing a tantrum. If you're a parent, you know what that looks like. And Absolutely. I think Jerome Powell is going to turn his back and go, go nuts, kid. Yeah, I, I agree with you there completely. And, and that's why the markets had these, you know, kind of bear market bounces, at, you know, and, and hopium, as I like to say, that, you know, they're hoping on the Fed put. But he has said in no um, you know, in absolutely clear terms that we are not going to pivot. We are going to stay restrictive. There will be pain and we absolutely number one mandate must get price stability, which means bring inflation down. At this point, as strong as he has spoken, there is no way he's going to ruin his credibility and say we stop too soon and see, you know, 10 years of, of runway inflation. On the other side of that, though, Michael, to your point, is that the financial system is intricately dependent on the stability of every other major player, right? And so the fallout could be far worse than what we've seen in the past. You know, we've had a taper tantrum, um, you know, late 2018, markets started to panic the Fed bailed them out. They lowered rates again, right? And it's happened over and over and over again, which is why they rely on what, what's been come to be known as the Fed put, like never fight the Fed, they're gonna bail us out, right? What really concerns me, not only you know these, these other countries that are really struggling, right? Um, and what happens in, the, in the, the currency markets, but is the derivative markets. And I know we touched on it just a little bit last week, but you know, the derivatives markets is a quadrillion. I said 40 trillion because I was thinking, no, quadrillion can't be right. I got to go check myself. It's a quadrillion dollar derivative market that's dependent on dollar denominated collateral, right? Which has just gotten more expensive. And so if you start to see a combination of a currency crisis and a derivatives crisis, a corporate and commercial real estate liquidity crisis, right? All of these things together could break a loan. 
if they all converge because of the Fed's decision to be so aggressive, if the entire system starts to falter, the Fed may have no option other than to pivot. They're not going to go back to where they were, but they might try to say, okay, we're going to bring a little more stability and we're going to do this more slowly. Maybe we were a little too aggressive. Maybe they admit that. One thing Powell has said is we're going to continue to watch meeting by meeting what happens before we're sure, but we need clear evidence that inflation is coming down. So it may be that things get bad enough, quickly enough that they say, hey, we see inflation coming down and there's all these issues. So we're going to hold off for a little bit, maybe not raise this next meeting, give it a little more time and kind of slow down. But I don't think we're in a position with global inflation where it is to pivot extremely quickly and don't think it's going to happen super soon. Yeah. Again, I've never seen an economic picture. I've been doing this a long time. I, it's generally not easy, but generally six months out, you generally can see through the haze. I can't see 30 days out right now. There are so many wild things going on. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's wild to, and that's wild. why, you know, some economists say we're heading for toward mass inflation and, and higher inflation forever than 2%. And others say we're heading for mass deflation, a mass deleveraging. Exactly. And so I think that studying the Fed the way that you and I have, you know, back to the 1920s and, and mm -hmm. you know, really watching what they've done is inflation is much harder to fix if it goes out of control. Your country is toast for decades, right? We've seen it with Argentina. We've seen it with Venezuela. We've seen it with Japan. Japan's on the verge of the same kind of thing happening again, right? And so mass inflation can be a tremendous um, problem to try to fix. When countries are on the verge of mass inflation, what do they do? They, they have a deleveraging event. They have a deflationary spiral that basically wipes out all the debts, you know, in some way, whether it bankrupts, you know, corporations and individuals or not, doesn't, doesn't really matter to the Fed. They have to deleverage and basically deflate the economy to get it back to somewhat, you know, somewhat normal and then they pivot then they lower rates and try to rebuild their economy and it usually takes about a decade so this is a pattern that's happened in governments historically over and over for hundreds of years michael these mass deleveraging events to kill inflation and then they start over and we've done it multiple times so i think that this is not that i blame the fed for intentionally doing it but they only know how to get rid of mass inflation by a mask deleveraging, crashing the system, a deep long recession, and then kind of starting over again. And unfortunately, I think that that's what's happening. The good news for this channel is we you will be coming back every Wednesday to talk about what is latest and greatest going on. And Anna, where can people find you? You can find me every week here. You can find me on social media, Anna Kelly, REI Mom, and on my website, reimom.com. And just to end again on a positive note, this is all scary stuff, right? But we just have to stick to the fundamentals, take the opportunity to buy when things are low, when everybody else is afraid and the fear is just beginning. This is when we want to get optimistic and say, how can we be wise investors? How can we move forward, really swoop in and buy a lot while it's down? And hopefully we ride the next 10 years when, when things correct. That's awesome, Anna. Thank you for doing that. Have a wonderful week. Thanks. You too.